Let's do it. So what what made you make the song? Okay, so we got all the time in the world, right? Yeah. You'd be here tomorrow morning? Yes. Okay, sweet. So I started out, I've been a seven millimeter nut for years. Okay. Like this goes way back. Why? The genesis of this goes back to about 2007. Okay. Probably mid-2007. Still in the Marine Corps at the time. Me and a buddy were both like, neither one of us were anywhere close to qualified gunsmiths. We were both armorers, were working in armory, cleaning rust off of M16s with nothing else to do but talk about guns, right? Okay. So we both liked to shoot and we were doing stuff and we get on this thought one day of, we should build us some hunting rifles. We're gonna do this. And I still had my lathe out. Like when I went in the Marine Corps, I kept all the tools that I had when I started. Okay. So all my machinery is sitting at home, but I'm off a million miles away. So we're sitting there talking about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna build a 308. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, 308's pretty neat. I used to shoot a 308, shot probably 20,000 rounds of it before I went to service. Used to shoot prairie dogs with a 308. So we're. We're horse racing cartridges on the Remington website, of all places. Okay. We're looking at ballistic charts on Remington.com for factory 308 ammunition and factory 7 millimeter ammunition. Okay. And so we're checking all this out, and I'm looking at my buddy Jason, and I'm like, Jason, look at this 708, man. It's like, it's 140 grain bullet, it's less recoil, it drops less, but it keeps the same energy at 500 yards. And we were looking at like a probably 150 grand through weight, right? Yeah. So he's like, well, you know, but, but we're shooting 308 in M40s, we ought to stick with 308. I'm like, no, dude, shoot a longer, skinnier bullet, it'll work. So this goes on and we just like horse around about it. November of 07, I've been buying pieces. Rifle barrel, found an action on gun broker, found a Woodstock blank. Okay. I go home on leave for two weeks in November of 07 and build my first bolt gun. It takes me nine hours to chamber the barrel because I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I'm learning. Okay. So this becomes a 708, and that's my first bolt gun ever built. Ended up shooting that rifle. Um, I shot that gun so much, I set that barrel back three times before that's it awesome. just died. Yeah, like it was, I mean, eventually it just gave up. But I shot the heck out of that gun, and I loved it. I mean, it was the killingest rifle I'd ever owned. You know, anything I shot died right there. I started figuring out how to shoot a little farther. And so I'm like, hey, this seven millimeter deal is the way to go. You know, I had a little less recoil than a 30 cal. I had way better wind performance and it made sense. Well, that all transpires, you know, from 2007 to 2010, roughly. Okay. Sometime in there. I don't start shooting PRS until 2015. 2015, Jonathan, who still works for me, he's like, we'd started shooting these little matches over at Seminole, and they okay. were based on the sporting rifle match that happens at Raton at the NRA yeah. Center. There was a guy at Seminole putting these matches on. We started shooting those, and we liked it. Well, Jonathan finds the Precision Rifle Series on the internet, and he's like, hey, man, there's a match in Texas. You want to go do this? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> So I load up my 708. I had built a new one by that point. Okay. We go shoot this match. And this is um, this is a, a guy named Kevin Elper's place. Uh, okay. Kevin Elper's, Rich Emmons, they were early, early guys in the PRS. Uh, we don't know what we're doing, but we show up. 
we go shoot this match. I end up shooting top 20 in this match with a 708. Dang. And this is like pre-dasher, like right. people are OG trying days to, of the PRS. Yeah, this guys at this point are trying to shoot like six SLRs. They're trying to make a six millimeter bullet go at the top end of the velocity spectrum. Nobody's thought about slowing anything down. Well, I'm shooting a 708 with 180 burgers in it at like 2650, and it worked. Yeah. Way too much recoil, but it worked. So all this happens, that's 2015, and I'm thinking, hey, this works pretty well, but it's kind of hard to fit a 180 grain bullet in a 708 case and make it mag feed. So I get to look in about the same time, you know, we're, we're full on in the rifle building business by that point. Okay. We're building 6.5 by 47s. It's the most amazing cartridge in the world. I would call it the Lord's cartridge. It's so easy to load for, it works, it does everything well, you know? Yeah. So I'm looking at a 6.5 by 47, I'm going, that's an ideal 6.5 cartridge. Mm -hmm. The ratios of everything match, right? Okay. How could I make a seven millimeter cartridge that mirrors that kind of ratio between the bore size to the case volume, basically. Okay. You know, the other thing you see in a 65 by 47 that was different at the time was it was a small primer pocket yeah. piece of brass. Um, you know, again, this is kind of pre-alpha, this is pre-Peterson. All this small rifle primer brass doesn't exist other than the 6VR and the 65 by 47. Okay. And Lapua happened to have 308 Winchester Palma brass for Palma shooters that like to hot rod 308s with a small primer pocket. Okay. So I'm sitting here going, well, what if we took that 308 Palma brass and found some way to neck it to seven? What could we do with that? And that's what we did. And so we ended up looking at the case and going, okay, a 30 degree shoulder would work. We don't need the case to be as long as a 708. Let's just leave it the same length as a normal 308. Because a lot of people don't think about that, but a 708 case is actually longer than a 308. Yeah, so, I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, it's about 20, oh, without looking at print, I couldn't tell you, but probably 20 or 25 thou longer okay. than a standard 308. So, in addition to all this happening, I'm also very lazy when it comes to reloading. Okay. I don't like to fire form. Yep. I don't like to do any of that crap. I want to load it. And then I want to go pull the trigger because I like to pull in the trigger more than pulling the handle, right? Yeah. So we start thinking about it, and I'm going, all right, rather than fire forming this or actually improving something, why don't we just take that 308 case and just push the shoulder back to a 30 degree angle? So now we end up with basically the same volume as a 7 millimeter 08. We didn't gain any case capacity, but we've got more bullet out of the case, not taking up usable powder stack. And lo and behold, it just worked. Like, it's probably not due to any great engineering feat. <laughs> it was just, I was that guy who just happened to walk by and just want to be different enough and just got lucky and it worked. But all the, all the design principles were there, you know? Yeah. A really strong case head, a good case design. We didn't jack with the body taper on it at all. We left it the same as the 308 because we weren't trying to build something that was the fastest on the block. Right. You know, what we wanted was something that would feed out of every magazine you could stick it in, and it would shoot the same all the time. And and that's what it did. You know, you can feed a seven saw from a Accuracy International AW mag, which is notoriously finicky. Right. Feeds fine. Feeds like 308. You know, 
It's a big bullet. It's the same body taper that the mag body was built for. You can stick it in a Magpul P-Mag for an AR-10. You can stick it in a Lancer L7. Obviously, you can put it in a single stack AICS pattern. Works fine. You can put it in a BDL rifle. Doesn't act weird because the body is the same as 308. And so it feeds super smooth. It's very easy to load. It shoots just about anything that you want to put in it well. And it acts very much like a six and a half to 47. So it's that's just, super cool. Yeah, it's just a big version of it. So, you know, and the other thing that drove this at the time that drove me wanting to stay on a seven mil, obviously I had a lot of hunting experience with a seven millimeter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd killed every animal that I could kill in Texas with a 708, and I knew that it performed well in the game. And, you know, I was never going to make a career in the PRS. I'm not that level of shooter. I liked it. Says the guy that won the match this weekend. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah, get better. better. Get better. I got room to improve. I still missed a lot. But I knew I would be hunting the rest of my life. Yeah. So, yeah, did we want a good match cartridge? Yeah. But we wanted something that carried the energy to hunt with. And the other thing was in 2015, the Magneto Speed T1000, yeah. the hit indicator, was not a common thing on a course. You know, that didn't come around until the next year, maybe. I think 2016 is when it came out, somewhere in that time frame. Okay. But either way, match directors didn't have all those. And we had not got to the point of shooting six millimeters slower. And so if you were shooting a six millimeter, and, and this was a lesson we learned when we went to that first match, that was June in Hillsboro, Texas. Think there was a little mirage? Right. Yeah. I mean, it looked like you were shooting at the bottom of this <laughs> water bottle over here, you know? Yeah. You couldn't see the target half the time because the mirage was such a bad boil. So in my mind, if I could throw a big bullet at a target a thousand yards away to where there was no question where it was move. hit, you could make it move and you could at least see it swing. You know, there were guys in that match, I remember laying on troop lines in that match, guys shooting sixes, and they're like, did I hit that? And the RO's back there like, uh, maybe, <laughs> you know? Like, well, I don't want to, maybe, I want to hit it. Yeah. So, so that's what I did, you know, and obviously the, the competition game has changed a lot. I still shoot a saw for PRS matches. Right. Mainly because I'm just weird. Um, I, you know, that wouldn't be my cartridge to go try to win a golden bullet with, especially not if you were going to shoot in the southeast where a lot of things are heavy positional. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to go shoot field matches, if you're going to shoot out west, like if you're going to go shoot Hornady PRC and you're going to shoot Utah and it's going to blow like it does in Brownfield, Texas, hey, a big bully 7mm bullet's not a terrible idea. So it still has its applications for, for matches. It's really come in to be a big thing for like an Arnold Hunter. Yeah. Uh, it's got all the power factor. You know, if you're shooting a match that requires power factor, you're going to win every tie. Yeah, I looked at the uh, power factor list yeah. from the match you shot, and I think there was one guy that had a higher power factor than you. And was I, two? Was there two? There was a dude shooting a, um, oh, like a 7mm Sherman. Okay. And probably running 180s in it. And then I don't know what the other guy was shooting, but there were two guys that were like, 500 and something yeah. thousand. Yeah, that's yeah. why they're way up there. Yeah, that's a, that's a jump. That's, I'm not man enough to shoot a 500,000 power factor, but but yeah, I mean, it, it works really well for that game. Um, you know, you make power factor, 
you win your tiebreakers if you're going to have a tiebreaker, but it's not so much recoil that you feel like you're shooting a cannon. Yeah. Recoil is about on par with shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor loaded with a 144 or something like that, you know. You're just not, you're just not beating yourself to death at the end of the day. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a way... It's been going on a lot longer than I anticipated you saying. Oh man, lots of years. <laughs> lots of years. If you go in the loading room and see like the stacks of brass in there, like you can see the progression because there's a stack of Lapua Palma that's pretty big. <laughs> and those have been shot a lot. A lot. And then there's, you know, you can see where we started hitting alpha brass and they started building brass for us. And that was, oh, when was that? Probably three years ago, I guess. Um, so yeah, you see the stack change right there. And that's all been shot a lot. There's there's lots of rounds down the barrels on those. There's we burn out one or two. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to Sloan there yeah, last week that I'm gonna that I need to buy some fire sawgrass for me yeah. pretty soon. Go in there and dig <laughs> some out. There's there's plenty. Yeah. Um Okay, so so essentially a little shorter than a seven oh eight. And then maintained all the dimensions of the six five by forty seven. Pretty much, pretty much. You know, basically. Am I catching all that right? Yeah, okay. yeah. For the most part, what we what we look at when we say dimensionally, it's not dimensionally the same as a six five by forty seven, but the ratios right. are pretty close. Okay. So if we look at, if we were to quantify this and say the amount of case volume that a six five by forty seven has, in relation to its bore size, being two sixty four bore. Mm -hmm. If we were to take that and quantify that in a ratio somehow and scale that up to a seven millimeter bore, the gain in case volume on a saw is about equal to that. It's basically okay. like you took a 6.5 by 47 and scaled it up. Okay. And so I, so I know you said you ran a lot of 180s mm -hmm. and then I'm loading a lot of 150s. Mm -hmm. So what, how light have you gone? How heavy have you gone? You know, probably the lightest we've gone is, is a 140. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but we probably ought to stick a 120 ballistic tip in it at some point and see what happens. Blow a coyote <laughs> in half or something. Um, but generally, 140 is about as light as we go, like 140 Acubons, okay. 140 Burger VLD. Um, that's a great little hunting bullet, okay. especially in a short barrel. You can drive that bullet to lots of speed and mm -hmm. it works good. Uh, 150 is kind of kind of all around and you know this is on Hornady they they brought out that 150 ELDX mm -hmm. and I think they developed that to where they had an ELDX offering for the 7mm 08 you know to put in their factory ammunition because until until that bullet you know just about anything that you saw in a 7mm 08 or a 280 Remington uh, you know similar performance 280 is going to be a little step above a 708 uh, you know, most of what you saw in a factory load for that was a 140 or a 139. The 150 ELDX is, it's really a great balance as far as what the bullet does. Uh, and that's probably the number one bullet that we either build loads for customers with or have requested because most of our customers are not mass shooters. They're mostly right. hunting rifles. Uh, and generally, you know, they're hunting anything from uh, a Texas whitetail up to a big mule deer okay. or, or a good sized hog. Right. They tend to be shorter barrel rifles, you know, like this is a 20 inch barrel that's on the skin here. They tend to be 20s, 22 inch barrels. 
So, you know, putting the 180 in that, it's not super fast. Right. You can drop bullet weight and get a little bit more speed out of it. But that ELDX is very, very aerodynamic for its weight class. Uh, generally, when we shoot a rifle and we prove out the data on a gun, that bullet is usually proving out, depending on twist rate, somewhere around a 292 to 295 G7 okay. BC. So, it's fast approaching what a 140 grain 6.5 bullet right. would be, right? Uh, which we know that's slippery in the wind. We know that's going to cut wind well. And and in a, even in a shorter length barrel, a 20 or 22 inch barrel, that bullet will drive to 2,800 feet a second. And 2,800 so, with the 150s out of the, like a hunting style setup? Yeah, in okay. a hunting rifle. So, you know, at that point, you've got something with a good BC, you've got 10 more grains of bullet weight than what you would have if you were shooting a 140 and a 6.5. Mm-hmm. And comparatively speaking, not that this is a 6.5 Creedmoor comparison, but you know if we were to put a 6.5 Creed in a 20-inch barrel and shoot 140s out of it for a hunting gun, we're probably yeah, running those... Substantially slower. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're shooting good powder and really kind of had it right, 2,700, but in reality, probably 2650. Right. Um, anytime you open bore size, you gain some velocity. You know, if you keep your powder volume the same, but your bore size grows, you have the ability to get a little more speed out of that. And so now if we're shooting a 150 at 2800-ish, we've got more energy, roughly the same BC. Now we have something that has enough energy that you can be pretty confident to go shoot a big mule deer with, you know? Yeah. Even at some distance, and that that makes a change. So, so, so six five Creedmoor sucks. I didn't say that. I love six five Creedmoor. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I, I it's honestly one of my favorites, but I love I love how much everybody hates it. Oh, it's just like it's one of those things like people love to get on a bandwagon, and it's like oh, now you know when six fives came out, it was like well three oh eight trash. Everybody needs a 6.5 Creedmoor. It's the greatest thing. And now, it's, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's, it's one of those things where now it's not the new. You know, it's 10 years old. It's established in the market. It's too mainstream, man. Yeah. Everybody's just got hate on it. It's like, oh, I don't want a 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah, if you have one, you're the man bun wearing a hippie. Yeah, like that's how people yeah. treat it. It's like, you know, that's a great cartridge. Yeah. It's a fantastic cartridge. It's in the market the way it is for a reason. Yeah. So, yeah, we pick on it, but not too bad. Okay. And so, so I know you've done like the 166A tips mm-hmm. and the 175s. Yeah. Um, have you gone to like the 190s? I have. Okay. Um, we have How was put that? a 195 EOL in there. It's big and slow. Yeah. <laughs> big and slow, yeah. So, you know, for a match load, I shoot 166A tips. Okay. Um, when I first started running this, I was shooting 162 ELDMs. Mm-hmm. You know, the ELDM was pretty well brand new. It was a super high BC on paper. It was like, this is great. And it was a fairly inexpensive bullet to shoot a lot of. Right. Uh, pretty good shooting bullet. It's a really aggressive nose shape. It doesn't slow down that well, in my opinion. Okay. So it, it shoots great inside of about half a mile. It tends to be a little squirrelier than some others when you get off into kind of more transonic ranges. 
Okay, so uh, it's it's a good bullet. It's got its uses, but as I was looking for something that would be consistent, you know, on a 1,200-yard KYL rack, not that you do that every day, but it's it's a concern. Like you want it to shoot the same, fast or slow, over the entire flight path. And so for me, the the ELDM didn't do that. Okay. So I started looking for other things. Um, shot 150s. When the A tips came out, we started shooting those, and they've worked really, really well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I run 166 A tips. I have a load that runs in basically every barrel I have. Um, it's not fancy. It's not super fast. You know, my NRL hunter guns, 26 inch barrel. That load runs about 2780. Um, so it's not screaming I fast. That's, that's solid. It's super consistent. You know? 166 to 2780. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it just hammers. You know, on the big bullets, yeah, we did go up a ways. Um, I've shot a lot of 180s. Okay. So I've taken my saw, I've actually shot it two times at Night Force ELR. So um, I guess the first year I took it was when that match was still at the Q Creek Ranch. Mm -hmm. And actually shot top 10 with that gun. Really? Yeah, at Q Creek. Like That's awesome. Freaking non-magnum short action seven saw. And I, I think I was shooting 180 match kings, I believe. Either that or a burger hybrid. It's been a while. Just pissing uh, everybody off. I, nobody knows who I am, so it doesn't really matter. They're just like, who's that guy over there? Why does he have a weird blue gun? <laughs> That's the blue gun? That's the blue gun. Yeah, blue gun went up there and did it. But it, it worked, you know. Had hits at 2150. That's that. great. So that, that was one of my questions. What's the farthest... Farthest I've shot with it would probably be 2150. 2150. Yeah. I do not have enough scope to hit our 2500 yard out here with it. You gotta, you gotta have more horsepower to get to a mile and a half. Or you gotta go to Wyoming where you have about a 12,000 foot DA yeah. and then you can do it. But. <laughs> 2150, that's, that's, that's impressive. It's, it's stepping out there. As with the 180? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. It was one of those things where like, I almost didn't believe it either. And you know, as slow as it's going, like there's some flight time. You get to think about it while yeah. it's on its way over there. Yeah, my my furthest hit was at two thousand at the triple C range before oh, yeah. it closed. Yeah, and I did it with my six five by forty seven. Yeah, and I was there by myself, and it was the first time I'd ever even attempted anything somewhat close to that range. And I was like, I'll just shoot, and I'll, I'll see where it hits, and yeah. I shot like five shots. I didn't see anything, and I was like, I was, I was getting mad. And so I got my spotting scope out and set it up on that tripod short. And I, I shot, and I came off the gun, and I look over into it, and I finally, and I saw it, and I, was, and I was like, a mil off the, off the side, and I, I made an adjustment, shot, and I, I looked over there, and it hit it, and I, and I jumped up so damn fast, and I was so excited, and I, and I was by myself. Yeah, and I was like. Nobody's there, no witnesses. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I told my buddies when I got back that I had time to get off and look at this yeah. one, and they were like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, because it was, cause it was going like 20, like 27, 30, 27, yeah. 40. Yeah. It, it was, that's, that's awesome. It was, it was cool, it was fun to do. Huh. We did, you know, we did go up and I at least tried the 195, so the barrel that's currently on the blue rifle is a is a Broughton. It's the last Broughton barrel uh, that I got before Broughton closed down, and it's a great barrel. 
when I bought that thing, I had shot a 26 inch for a while, and I thought, I'm gonna do a 28 and get some speed, you know? Because the first saw that we built and like what we first started putting data out on, we started with a 31 inch Krieger. Okay. And so we shot it at 31 inches, which, you know, was blazing fast. Yeah. And then we started cutting it off, you know, we cut it back down. I think we cut it every inch, I wanna say, until we got to 26, and then at 26 we stopped, and I just shot it until the barrel died. And uh, then change barrels went through a couple more. When I got to that Broughton, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna run 28. I'm never gonna put a suppressor on this thing. So I put a 28 on there. I ended up hating a 28-inch barrel. That was a bad mistake. But anyway, while it was 28 inches long, I, I decided to go ahead and shoot some heavies in it. And, uh, and you know, you could, you could make them accurate. Um, they would shoot good groups. They would shoot good at a thousand yards, but they're they're so heavy that you can't drive them to enough speed to really make them produce anything that a 180 hybrid wouldn't. You know, you're you're better off when you get to that level to just shoot a, a 180 hybrid, especially if you can point it and uniform the front end of it, or a 180 ELDM. You know, yeah, that's a phenomenal. I'm out on I'm out on pointing bullets. Oh come on, you have that kind of hustle just to sit around point bullets all day. If you change your mind, I got a pointing guy in there. You just have <laughs> that. Yeah, there's like, I mean, obviously I don't mind loading ammo. Sure. There are a few things that I've, I've never done, and I won't neck turn. It just, the, just the thought of it makes never. me want to. Yeah, makes you want to. Yeah. Yep. And point bullets. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I, the bullet pointing thing came about. I think that was actually for the Q Creek match, because I was running. I don't know if I couldn't get 180 burgers. I can't remember why I ended up settling with some 180 SMKs. Maybe it's just what I could find. Right. But you know, the 180 SMK is not a. It's not an aggressive bullet at all. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's what you would expect out of a traditional match king. Yeah. It's a big tubby looking bullet. But the thing about a big tubby bullet is, is it slows down very well. And the way it acts at 25 or 2600 feet a second, it's going to act pretty much the same at 1300 feet a second. Right? It doesn't get squirrely like a super aggressive design would. Gotcha. So I went ahead and bit the bullet. And I was like, I should point these. I can get some more VC out of this. And it did work. Like they shot great, you know. But yeah, it's a lot of work. I'm probably not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Okay, so that's way cool. That's way more information than I was than I was expecting to get. So that's awesome. Um, one of the things that I think is freaking awesome is that you and pretty much everybody here has some wildcat of something or another, and yeah. y'all have done a bunch of them. Yeah. Um. What? I've never wildcat anything. What's what is the process like? You kind of you know, walk through the mindset of like where you got with the saw, but on maybe on like some of these others, what's the process of like, I need to make a cartridge that does this. How do I get brass? How do I figure out the powder? Yeah. Design it. What's, what's that process like? So it, it probably varies for different wildcatters. Okay. This would not be a comprehensive answer because there's guys who are way more involved and like to spend time making brass. Okay. 
Not me. Not you. Not okay. me. So the first question when we're going to develop a Wildcat cartridge generally is, how easily can we do it? Okay. Right? Because we're not complicated people. Um, but in all seriousness, you've got an idea. You have a, you know, a mission statement, if you will. You have an idea of, all right, I need, you know, because at the end of the day, cartridges are just tools. You know, it's like picking the right wrench out of a toolbox. Mm -hmm. um, a cartridge is just there to do a job. I need to be able to launch this projectile at this speed, and I need it to work in this size envelope as far as an action or a magazine or whatever. So that's kind of where your where your beginning design criteria comes from. Okay. Uh, you know, a good example is our 22 LRV, and we won't go on a full rabbit hole on that. But you know, at the time, I was shooting a 6XC for matches. Love the 6XC. It's probably the most underrated six millimeter cartridge there is. Um, it's very consistent. Works well. Well, Jonathan was all into fast 22s, and there's all these cool high BC 22 bullets coming out and we're like, what could we stuff one of these sweet 90 grain burgers into, you know? Well, hey, here's this case that's basically everything you need, it just needs a neck down. That solves the die issue, which is always an issue on Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so that became a very simple Wildcat that actually performs really well. You know, we were doing everything the 22 Creedmoor does uh, with a little less powder and very, very consistently. And so, you know, we still got a lot of customers still shooting 22 LRVs for that reason. But the actual process of it, you know, you're going to start, you're going to figure out what you want it to do, and then you're going to look for a suitable parent case that can get you, in my book, I want it to get me about 90% there. You know, either a simple neck up or neck down, mm -hmm. or if it does require some sort of forming, something that's relatively simple to form. Okay. Uh, from there, <laughs> we got spares. Yeah. We got all the chairs in the world, brother. Um, you know, from there, you're going to go to your reamer design. So you're probably going to mock up some dummy cartridges if you have, if you have the dies and the tools on hand to to build a dummy of some sort. You want to build yourself some loaded rounds. You want to start looking at throat dimensions. You know, how do we optimize the free bore and the throat of that that reamer design? for the bullets we want to shoot. Uh, there's quite a bit that you could go into on the design of that, but that's probably deeper than we want to go today. Okay, yeah. uh, but you know, you mock that up, you figure out what size your neck diameter needs to be, how much clearance you want around that neck so that you know this thing doesn't overpressure. Um, you go through that, you have a reamer made. If it's a simple Wildcat, um, example would be a 22 LRV, that doesn't take custom dies. You know, you figure out how to load it with off-the-shelf components, which is a, a nice thing. Right, um, for sure. Our LRV is that way. Our 65280 Ackley is that way. You know, those are simple Wildcats. It's an existing case, necked down and repurposed for something else. And it can all be done with components that are already in the supply chain. So those those work well. Uh, something like a 7-saw or like our 7-300 Improved, you know, that's more of a custom deal. You do have to come up with a die that will do it generally have to come up with tooling to build those dies or have a custom die maker make them. So that's that's kind of the process, you know. Okay. You figure out what you want it to do, you figure out how it's going to look to get there, you figure out how to load it, and you get tools made to make the barrel. And then after that, shoot it. Okay. I, I will say, I think the, uh, 
the 7300 improved is so freaking cool. Oh, it's just a toad, man. I I I want one, but I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I like very simple things, and yeah. I don't want to form. Yeah. It's not the only thing. Well, and you know, that's that one's kind of the outlier for us, because it's the only wildcat that we have that requires fire forming. Mm-hmm. And that one, again, that's a whole nother rabbit trail, another podcast one of these days, once we're famous. <laughs> yes. But... Uh, you know, that didn't start out as a cartridge to fire form. Okay. We were just going to do a straight, simple 7300 Norma, just neck it down. Uh-huh. And we did. But in testing it, we found out that we had some major throat problems from the real gentle shoulder angle on the 300 Norma case. And we were having throat wear well forward of the freeboard space because basically that super gentle case was forcing all of your powder stack explosion to go well forward of, of the case body and burning the throat further forward. And so we looked at that and we were like, what do we do with this? And so at that point we decided, well, maybe if we change that shoulder angle, maybe we can keep more of that happening in the case body and less wear on the barrel and it solved the problem. That's awesome. So I didn't realize yeah, that's where it came from. It's, it's an accident that it's a 30 degree uh, the big thing for us was is we didn't want to go more than 30 degree because just like the saw, we build guns to use. You know, I don't want some boutique wildcat that you can't stick a magazine in it and use it as a repeater. Yeah. Not that anybody's going to a gunfight with a 7300 Norman improved, but, you know, if I'm odd at hunting, I don't want a single shot. Right. right. I want to shoot five if I want to shoot five. Yeah. So. No, I, I, I was thinking about doing the 33XC for the yeah. Night Force match this yeah. summer, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, I gotta, I want something that mag feeds. Yeah, and if I get that wind right, I want to be able to cycle yes. that bolt and run a second shot. Yeah, yep. and it, yeah, I've seen the videos from a few years ago where it's like 20 to 45 mile an hour, and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna single lungs. I think it was, well, I didn't go last year. Two years ago, maybe? Whenever the last time I got to shoot it was, we clocked it at 63 miles an hour on one point. And you know, everybody talks about matches and it's, it's fun, right? It's fun. There was a point where it got very close to the line of unfun at 63 miles an hour. Like we just almost stepped over that line. Yeah, yeah it's, it gets to be a point where it's just punishment. Yeah. Punishment for being dumb for staying Yeah, there. it's like, you know, we, we did just pay money and drove all the way up here to stand on a hill in Wyoming and get blown down the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's us. And you shot the saw at that? Um, yeah, I did. I didn't shoot well. No? No. That was too much wind. That's a lot. That was I a mean, lot that's, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I've, I've shot a lot of PRS matches, but considering this one starts where most of them taper out. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued to see how my wind reading is at further yards because I don't shoot much past a thousand yards right really very often yeah you know I know a guy who's got a place <laughs> pretty handy place to yeah, get into that I know <laughs> I know well the thing I actually just bought Sloan's brass oh did you really yeah nice I was sitting there I was like do you know, I, I was like, I've been looking for it for months yeah. and he was like you need some I said yeah and he goes 
He's like, are you serious? <laughs> Slower, man. I know. He so, does what he can. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to finish running the Burger Factory MO that I got through it. And I think, because that'll be 100 rounds, and I think it'll be fairly sped up. Yeah. And then I'm going to do 250 A-tips. That'll work. That'll work. It'll be good. It should do pretty good. You know, one thing that's big on that match, or just to me, and, and this is when we changed venues, like the last time I shot it was when they had just moved to T-55 okay. to that ranch. Uh, and of course that ranch is it's cool, it's a great place to shoot. It's big, wide open country. Um, one of the biggest things in those ELR matches is being able to spot your misses. And I'm not an ELR shooter by any means, but you'll hear this from the guys who are pretty dedicated in the ELR game. A lot of those guys are shooting big rifles, not because they need a big rifle, but they need to stick a big bullet in the dirt to figure out where it went. Uh, and so the bigger you step up in bullet, as long as you can shoot it consistently and it, and it drives consistently, yeah. it's a big advantage in that type of match because you need to see that splash if you do miss the target. Yeah. Because everybody's gonna miss targets. And so, you know, that second round correction is huge in yeah. those matches. It really is. You know, it's it's unlike it's unlike PRS or even NRL Hunter in that regard, uh, just in the value of that second shot, I right. guess, or being able to spot that first miss. I mean that's important across all of these matches. But in a lot of these matches, you know, like Austin Bushman shooting a clean at Navasota the other day. You know what a dick. That first round hits all the way. Yeah. I mean, that dude just hammered it out, right? Well, you're not going to see that at right. night for CLR. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, and very yeah. different than anything I've done. And I, I want to, I'm, I'm pumped to shoot the XC, but at some point down the road, I want to either, I think we talked about that. I, I want to have a 50 just actually I want a 50 in like an M107 but I think it'd be fun to build like a 416 barrier or something like that I, I, I don't know why I just I think the 12 year old me wants you just want all of it mm -hmm. I can respect that yeah uh, but it's I, I like uh, practical yeah practical guns like I don't want a fifty pound single feed. Like I was, I still want something that's like mag fed, man portable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. That that got me out of the fifty cal game years ago. We bought a. I guess when they first came out, my brother and I went in on an Armalite AR fifty together. We we're like, yeah, this will be cool. And we shot it probably all of forty rounds. <laughs> And they're like, this is a 38-pound rifle, or whatever they weigh, you know. Like, you could lay it in the back seat of a pickup, and it would barely fit with the doors to close on both ends. And we're like, what are we going to do with this thing? And so we sold it. Yeah. Turned it into machine guns or something. I don't know what we did with the money. Yeah. Do you, do you watch much YouTube? Not much. I live under a rock, man. Like, do you? I, I get up in the morning, I drink coffee, I cook breakfast for my kids, come to work and then I go home I play with my kids and I go to bed like 
Fair enough. I, I don't spend that much time watching anything. I, I don't blame you. But, so Brandon Herrera put out a video a couple days ago that uh, that he did a 50 BMG pistol. And, oh, yeah. And it's a, it kind of, you know the old like Mossberg shockwaves with like the chainsaw grip? Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. It's a oh, pistol grip gosh. with a chainsaw grip and a 16-inch yeah. 50 barrel. Whoa. And, dude, the shockwave, that you could see it on camera and it was ridiculous yeah yeah yep but i don't know i, I will say have now that i have y'all at the, the switch layer i the weird stuff has started intriguing me now that i only have to do a barrel the possibilities yeah. are endless the one i really want to do is a short three blackout yeah just so we did one and you've probably seen this gun it's been on like dinners, Instagram. Uh, I think, pretty sure that gun is probably still over uh, with Ally Outdoors, Ally Munitions. One guy's in Midland has it, I think, now. So we built for uh, my Keith Green that works for Dead Air. We built kind of an expo gun that they were going to use to demo cans with, you know, because he was traveling all over the country doing these shoots. So it's a. Uh, I want to say it's on a surgeon action. It's a folding manners. Okay. With a, it's a nine inch blackout barrel. Like it's a registered SBR. Yeah. Um, nine inch blackout barrel that ends right at the forehead. So the barrel stops. It's got enough barrel stud that you can direct thread a can, and it just almost butts up to the forehead. And then of course he's you know there's other barrels for it. I don't remember what the other calibers were that we did. Uh, but yeah, it's phenomenal. Like, it was so much fun to shoot. I think, I want to say Wade at Ally still has it, or somebody over there's got it, but it's one of the coolest little guns That's that we cool. ever built. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I saw uh, Derek Love built one very... Mm, real he, similar idea. Yeah, yeah, and he inlighted the foundation yep. for it, and that's what made me start thinking. I, I think it'd be fun to do like a... Oh, what's the, the MBT XRS mm -hmm. with the little short forend? Uh, it's not an XRS, but um, yeah, LSS. Yes, the LSS. Yeah, and have just a bolt gun that's like this long. Oh yeah, pocket Put like a one to eight on it or something. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be fun, like throwing a backpack to take up to a blind and like have for hogs or shoot. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. I don't know. Uh, okay, so to kind of bring it all back, so if someone wants to get a seven saw built. How do they get about go about getting a hold of you? Uh, pretty simple. So obviously we're easy to find. You know you can Google West Texas Ordinance. The Google will find us. Yes. Um, call the shop here. Obviously, uh, pretty simple. Uh, you know if if you know what you want as far as a rifle goes, it's real straightforward. You give us your parts list and say, hey, I want this stock, this barrel, this action. I want the seven saw, etc. You know we're going to quote that and build the gun. Um, if a guy has no clue what he wants, cool, call us. This is what we do. You know, um, we're in this business because we love it. Right. And we like to build guns and we like to make things that are cool. And if you don't know what you're doing, well, come jump on the journey with us because we want to help you out. So that's what we do. Call us up. Send us an email. Get on the website. Send us. You know, get the contact us going. Uh, we have a 
online gun builder on our website where you can basically step-by-step step it. It's not going to give you every variation that right. we can offer. I mean, we're a full custom shop and build anything in the world. Uh, but it, it kind of can guide you through the process and, and at least get a guy thinking about the questions that he needs to be asking when he gets ready to build a gun. Okay. You know? uh, we rebarrel rifles all the time. You know, if you want a seven saw, we've done Bergaras that became seven saws. There's a whole pile of Tikas that have become seven saws. You know, all of your, your common rifles out there, we do. Okay. Uh, we, we don't barrel savages, so if anybody's watching this and loves their savages, I'm sorry. Sorry. I love them too, I just don't want to work on them. But, uh, but yeah, that's okay. how we do it. Uh, you all sell reamers? Yep, we sell reamers and we rent reamers. Okay, so, so if someone wants to do their own, they can. Yeah, we generally have reamers on in stock. Um, we try to keep try to keep reamers in inventory all the time for okay. rental and purchase. And so that's that's another thing too. Like if you've got your own builder already, there's a ton of good rifle builders out there. There's getting to be at this point, this has been around long enough, there's a lot of good builders that have that reamer in inventory. You know? Awesome. Uh, I know like Straight Jacket Armory, they've got it. Pretty sure Black Canyon Customs has it. Uh, Preferred Barrels has it. You know, a lot of their prefits, they offer it. Um, there's way more than that, uh, but there's a lot of good rifle builders out there that already have the tools and that we're happy to rent to as well. That's awesome. So you do that. We keep dyes on hand, uh, so Redding and Hornady custom dyes. Mm -hmm. uh, we keep brass on hand. You know, all the brass is made by Alpha Munitions. It is best stuff on the, the planet. It is the best. It is phenomenal yeah. brass. So you know, it's it's a good product made by some really cool people, great people. So. I just saw this. You need to get Alpha to make a seven saw sticker. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I love their stickers. Oh, they're, yeah, they got some good ones. I think I think they could come with some kind of liquor for a seven yes. saw. So I have one. I don't even know that I should say this out loud. My my middle son is pretty talented as an artist. Okay. And he drew this thing one day, and I walked down. And I saw it like he's, he's doodling all the time. And I walked down there and I said, Josiah, what is that? And he's like, ah. He said, that's my pine cone soldier. I was like, what? And no kidding, this dude, he drew a pine cone and he's like armed to the teeth. It looks like Pancho Villa. He's got like bandoliers on, he's holding a gun and it's a pine cone. So I don't know, maybe that's our sticker. We'll have to, I gotta see if we can develop this. That would be legit. Pinecone. You still yeah. got that picture? Yeah, I got it. I got it. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you. That was uh, that was awesome. Very sure. cool. Learned way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, man. Uh, Thanks for doing this. So, if y'all want, uh, it's West underscore Texas underscore Ordinance on Instagram. Yeah, uh, that's right. And West Texas Ordinance on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Uh, find them. Y'all have done. God. Like eight or nine, ten barrels for me now, it's and they freaking all shot, all shooting good. That dasher was. <laughs> it's a dasher, man. I know, but you it can't was. Can't make it not shoot. It was. I've never been so bored shooting a brand new gun. It, I mean, it was like four shots to zero, and like, I think I think three shots later it hit an eleven ten. Yeah. I mean, it was just. We're there. Got it up. Bam. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to get it. Didn't even have a chronograph. Yeah. 
Did you figure it out? <laughs> yeah. It's close enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. dude, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Man. And yeah, I can't wait. <laughs>